Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living. So if you haven't already, go grab a cup of coffee and join me today as I talk about the spiritual mothers and the spiritual fathers. Where are they? What do they look like? What's the role? What's missing? Really, where are the spiritual parents? What's happening? There's a desperate need for spiritual parenting. I believe in evangelism. I believe going out into the highways and the byways and rounding up the souls for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. But what happens after that? I feel like what we've been seeing is these spiritual babies, truthfully, are being dropped off at orphanages. They're being left at the doorsteps for somebody else to figure out. Here, pastor, you figure it out. You father all these children like the the head of an orphanage or the dean of an orphanage, whatever you would call that, would have to uh, parent or oversee multitudes of children. Whereas a spiritual mother and a spiritual father, like a parent in a home, could be a mentoring, discipling, raising up of these spiritual babies, focusing on however many the Lord leads, one, two, some could be, you know, some parents have one child, some parents have two, some have four, some have five, some have eight. But you're much more focused in your attention, in your discernment, in your love, in your wisdom, and in your guidance. When you can focus on a few babies, like even in your own homes, it's the same thing. Spiritual children, also I will say this, jumping a little back and forth here, but there's something to that orphanage. There's been spiritual orphanages and we've been pulling in these souls from the world and saving them for the kingdom of God, but then they're left to figure things out on their own, trudge on their own. Dan, my husband's name is Dan. Dan and I had to do that. We, we came into the things of the Lord. We didn't have spiritual mother or spiritual father when we first stepped into the things of the Lord. We didn't know what to do. We looked at it as a bunch of laws. We know what not to do because we've heard all about religion and the rules and the laws. And so we would sit down at the table each night and we would read a chapter of the Bible from the King James Version, which is very difficult to understand if you haven't done a lot of studying of the word. And so a lot of it was just confusion to us. And what could have been a lot faster of a learning process took us years to dig through on our own. And so there's either no spiritual parenting or in a lot of churches, I've seen this, spiritual children have been treated as servants and stepping stones, better termed as armor bearers, all in the name of mentoring, all in the name of mentorship. And that's not what natural parenting looks like. 
We don't treat our own biological children in our homes as servants and stepping stones. Why does that transfer over to the body of Christ? I don't, I don't tell any of my children, when I say jump, you ask how high, and then should I turn and expect a spiritual son or a spiritual daughter to respond to me differently in that way? I feel like spiritual parenting should mirror natural, healthy parenting. What does natural, healthy parenting look like? First and foremost, it's unconditional love, for sure. It's training and raising up, teaching, right? So look at it. Let's mirror the natural with the spiritual and raising up babies in the body of Christ. Right? Don't just expect them to know everything you know. Don't expect them to know how to study out the word of God, how to discern truth from error. You know, it'd be like expecting a newborn baby to hold their own bottle. Like, why don't you feed yourself, right? That's what Dan and I had to do. We had to feed ourselves spiritually as babies in walking with God. You know, we had, we had basic concepts, but we didn't have a, a teaching, a showing of this is how you have a personal relationship with Jesus, right? We ask Jesus into our hearts. We ask him to forgive us of our sins. We're now born again. We're born again. What now? We would never do that with a newborn baby. We could, like, they just barely make a squeak. I'm like, well, what do they want? We're, we're more than willing to do everything for them. Now they reach certain ages, they reach certain milestones and there's expectations. Okay, they should be growing into this. You know, we get thrilled when they hold their own bottle. And I think when it comes to spiritual parenting, when a a spiritual child, we're more impatient with them. We're wondering why they're not further along. Why aren't they holding their own bottle yet? Why don't they know how to do that? Why don't they understand this scripture verse? And not understanding, we have to train them. We have to raise them up. Just like we raise up physical children, we have to do that same thing in the spiritual. What are some things our biological children receive from us as they're raised up? They receive by watching our lives play out, by learning from us, by interacting daily. They receive character traits. They receive ideas. They receive integrity. Um, Of course, eventually there ends up being an inheritance, but um, our attributes, some of our personalities, some of our mannerisms, and really uh, this is something that can also flip to the spiritual side of it and the significant influence that spiritual mothers and fathers can have on spiritual children that almost if they've done it right, They carry the same character traits. They walk in the same level of integrity because they've seen the mothers and fathers in their lives walk it out. Didn't Paul say, follow me as I follow Christ? He understood that he was an example to the younger Christians around him and that he was leaving uh, footprints, I guess, a footprint, right, that somebody behind him could follow. Follow me as I follow Christ. Now I'll say this, it automatically plays out in the other way. You know, if you're, 
if you're being underhanded, you're you're a mentor, a, a parent in somebody's life spiritually, but you're being underhanded, you're being hypocritical, uh, you're being um, deceptive in some of your ways, they're going to learn those behaviors and believe them to be acceptable in the body of Christ. It's a heavy burden to walk in a parental role naturally. It's a heavy burden to walk in a parental role spiritually. Are we causing people in our lives that are younger than us in the Lord, are we causing them to grow deeper in their relationship with Jesus, their walk with Jesus, their outreach with Jesus, their um, just their overall intimate relationship with Jesus? Is that uh, increasing in their lives? And when we see maybe faults or um, lack of progression, lack of growth. Maybe we need to self-reflect on ourselves and say, where am I lacking as an influence in their lives that I could actually help them to be all God intended them to be like we do our own natural children. And sometimes, you know, we're not the fun aunt or uncle spiritually either. Now there's they're sisters and brothers in the Lord. They're the fun people, so to speak. If you're a spiritual parent in somebody's life, that will, that will be a place of calling them out, making them accountable, like you do. Like so with us, with, with our children, when we disciplined them and we they were being disciplined for a wrong action, we always explained to them why what they did was wrong. So even so, flip that spiritually. This is biblically, this is the scripture that backs up why I'm telling you, you, that is unacceptable in the eyes of God. So you're not dictating how somebody should live, but you're directing them to God. Go to the scripture. This is the scripture. This is what this scripture says about your behavior. Now I've given you the scripture and I'm highlighting it to you. But don't make it about you either. Direct them to God. Tell them, now you go see what God says about it. And this helps them to learn to hear from God for themselves. And it grows them. And like we give our own children more responsibility as they grow, we give spiritual children more responsibility as they grow. We want younger Christians to grasp God's unconditional love. Then we need to be that living, breathing example of unconditional love to them. Like we do our natural children, our biological children, we don't discard them the moment they make a mistake, the moment they've disobeyed. You know, we don't. There's that unconditional love that looks beyond, looks past it and keeps contending and keeps walking with our natural biological children, all for trying to bring them to that place of adulthood and walking in fulfillment of what we see in them, even as young, young children. It's the same spiritually. We keep walking. We keep contending. You know, we keep pointing out. We, we, don't, we don't skim over. Like I said, we're not the, the fun aunt or uncle going back to that for a moment. We don't just, you know, smooth everything over and, oh, that's okay. And that's okay. No, we have to be the parents in these spiritual children's lives teaching and guiding. It reminds me of that scripture that tells us the younger teach, I mean, the older teach the younger 
How are the older going to teach the younger if they're not spending time with them, if they're not walking with them as spiritual parents, right? I, I think it's in Titus chapter two. It talks about that, right? How is a younger, how is an older woman to teach a younger woman, you know, the ways to walk in if she's not uh, being an example in her life like a mother is to a daughter and the sons with the fathers, vice versa. It, it's that same concept, And jumping back to the point I made earlier about spiritually orphaned children, you know, I just had this picture of like they come into the kingdom of God, they're on fire, they're excited. How many times have we seen this? They're passionate about Jesus. They're ready to change their lives and they get dropped off somewhere and they don't, you know, they're put in a mass of people and and they get looked over. They get lost in, in the mix. And, you know, next thing you know, we're wondering why they're going back out to the world, stepping into this place, and they're either being ignored, overlooked, or they're being brought in as sons and daughters that are being used and abused, Um, right? They're being used to serve the leadership of the church, which I'm not against serving and, you know, walking in that servanthood to the leadership of the church, but not when it's abused, not when I jump and you say how high. I say, go get me a glass of water and you drop everything else and run and do it. That's not how I treat my own children. Why would I teach a spiritual son or daughter in that same capacity? We're not treated that way by God, right? We, right, what First John 15, 15 tells us, no longer do I call you slaves, for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all the things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And it's just like our relationship, right? We've been grafted in with the Lord. We've been grafted into the family of God, right? We are no, we are no longer orphans to God. We have become adopted. So we spiritually adopt these children. There's no greater love than this. And it is sacrificial, That's probably why there's a reservation about spiritual mothers and fathers is because it's a sacrifice. It costs time. It's emotional investment. But what is, so still, we're in John 15 still, right? And he's saying, uh, for all the things that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. And then he also says, Jesus, in verse 12, What? This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. How did Jesus love? It was sacrificial. He literally laid down his life. And he would have done it for just one of us. Just one of us. This is the kind of unconditional love, spiritual mothers and fathers, spiritual parents, and unexplainable love for somebody that's not your biological child, right? It's unexplainable. But it needs to be embraced in a greater measure, I guess, by the body of Christ, by the the churches. When we see these people come in, you know, not just so what do we ask? Is this your first time here? What do we really do with that? You know, how many of this is your first time here and people raise their hand? Then what? We don't know if they're just a visitor passing through on vacation or if they just came to the Lord last night. And now they know they need to be in church on a Sunday morning. 
We and we don't we just get lost in our own grouping, our own crowd, our own time, and people are being missed. Spiritual babies are being missed. We see what they call a fatherless generation in the natural, right? The fathers are missing from the households. We see that. That's been a direct attack on families from the devil. If I can divide, I can conquer much easily, much more easily is his concept. If I can get the fathers out of the homes, then I have more access to those children, whether it's from hurts, unforgiveness, shame, frustration, uh, discouragement, whatever it might be. The fathers being pulled out of the homes in whatever way that has happened, which is uh, much more significantly increased. So that's been a ploy of the enemy, a diabolical attack that has been fairly successful. And so spiritually, we're in a fatherless generation. We have this thing going on where where spiritual children are not being fathered. They're not even being mothered. And this is a need. You can look at um, healthy households versus unhealthy households the fruit of that in the children as they become adults. Now, God can step in and do anything and be any covering. And I believe this is even where the, where, right? What are we supposed to do biblically? We're supposed to take care of the widows and the orphans. What about the spiritual widows and the spiritual orphans? What about them? They've been overlooked. What about, what about the women that the, the husbands and fathers have just bailed on the family? They're not necessarily a widow. The children are not necessarily an orphan, but spiritually they are because maybe the dad's even still in the home, but he doesn't walk in that role. When will the spiritual fathers step in and fulfill and lead in that spiritual sense for those children, for those spiritually widowed women and just cover them? That's all, just cover them. And so this also goes twofold, just flipping to the other side for a moment. Sons and daughters, they need to learn how to be spiritual sons and daughters. They have to recognize that they have this need, right? They have to recognize that here's this person that actually has wisdom and knowledge and revelation beyond what I have, and they can teach me. Spiritually, they can potty train me. Spiritually, they can teach me how to ride a bike. Spiritually, they can help me work out conflict in relationships. Flipping all this to a spiritual side, it's powerful. If the mothers and fathers, those who have walked with the Lord for many years, have a lot of wisdom, have a lot of revelation, a lot of understanding, and a close, intimate relationship with the Lord, can look and see that there are spiritual children desperate that can help them prepare, can help them to learn, teach them to press in and how to have their hearts truly healed and understand that a healthy discipling slash discipline relationship will bring them to their spiritual destiny and fulfillment. But the sons and the daughters also have to recognize that there's this need. So it's a kind of a twofold thing. Whereas raising our own children, they don't have a choice. I'm your parent. You don't know you need this discipline, but you're going to have this discipline. 
where if you're in a spiritual situation, it's a spiritual baby, but an adult person. So they have to yield to it. And they it has to be a two-way relationship. So with the spiritual mothers and fathers, right, we have to lead by example. We have to make the time. We have to look for those maybe who even are naturally drawn to us, naturally even would seek our wisdom and make the time to disciple them. Don't make them feel like they're a bother for sure. Encourage them. Invest in their God-given destiny and then watch them step into their God-given destiny and pray for them even that they would recognize that they have a need in their heart to have this discipleship relationship of a mothering or a fathering or, or even both that, that they have pray that they have the revelation that they have this need. And then for the sons and the daughters, right? It to recognize that it will do their hearts good and it will prepare their spirits if they can embrace this healthy spiritual mothering or fathering relationship. This is a biblical concept and it has been missing from the body of Christ. And you can see that it's been missing. Spiritual parents carry the heart of God. They walk in love. There's compassion and concern. They raise up and they release into destiny spiritual sons and daughters into the fulfillment of their destiny. Spiritual parents can have a profound, significant influence on the next generation. Spiritual parents, they do the same as natural parents. They feed their children what? The word of God. They teach them the basics, just like natural parents. What? We teach them morals and values and integrity and character. We model to them through walking with them how to pray, how to worship, how to study the Bible, how to fast, how to repent. We help them to discover who they are in the Lord. We help them to hear the voice of God, always, always directing them to God and not to ourselves, to an intimate relationship with Jesus and not to ourselves. We help them to discern the will of God. We're preparing them for a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, a growth in their walk with Jesus Christ. Growing up, like I've said momentarily just a few minutes before, and going out and fulfilling their destiny in a healthy manner, being released by the spiritual parents being released, just like we would do our natural children. They get to an age in a healthy manner. We need to release them and let them go and step into all they have. And then what a legacy that leaves, because that just goes on and on and on. That's what I would call leaving a lasting fruit. 